Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Star Wars background character. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Great. And I'm going to open up this document. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put that on a separate page so that I can swipe and still see you boys. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah, I can do that this way as well. Look at us. Oh, my God. You went so far beyond 78. Yes, uh, yes. There are 140. I held back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did I paddle on who fights close to St. Paul played by Jet Lucas? What? All right. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> hey, Mark. I, you know what? That show. was the beginning right there. It was my what? shock. So, so, are we uh, going to start? Are we just going to start with how we're, we're already in it? Okay. Yeah. This is already it. We're already in it. Over oh, recording. Uh, yeah. So, cool. welcome so to normally, how we begin an episode. Yeah. Forget the orderly, like, hello, welcome to this. We have yeah. a, a set patter so that people know where they are and don't feel confused. I'm so shocked here. Okay. So, <laughs> Adam Richards suggested this topic. Thank you to Adam Richards. Thank you, Adam. Get that out of the way. Adam, that's the last night you'll hear your name on this podcast. I swear. Until you suggest something else, your name's off. It's out of our mouths. So why are you so mad at Adam? Well, I'm not mad at Adam. I'm not mad at him at all. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just, I'm in shock. And this is uh, my fight or flight is kicking it. So (laughs) when, when we got uh, fight or flight, we got fight or flight. That's Joseph Scrimshaw, everybody. Hello, Joseph. Welcome. Joseph. So first of all, it is so lovely to have you back. You are a delight on this show. Yes. You have such a knack and a way of being able to go so deep in a topic. Last time we <laughs> talked about Doctor Who and yet still make everything accessible to those of us, I'm pointing at myself, who do not necessarily know a ton <laughs> about a thing. So uh, thank you yeah. for your insight, uh, your knowledge, uh, your kindness, and your patience. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me uh, back uh, in your living rooms through the internet. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> And you know a lot about Doctor Who. There's no disputing that. Mm-hmm. But for me, like your main, the thing that I would say you know the most about in pop culture is Star Wars. You are, uh, there's Force Center and then Obsessed, uh, where you talk to people about their obsessions, but you're obsessed with Star Wars. One of the, the things that is obsession of yours and mine as well. You know, I love it as well. Yeah. Uh, so, and Kate McManus, who does the research for this show, is also a big Star Wars fan. So when I went to her, yesterday and said hey we're gonna do best star wars background character and we'll, we'll get to like what ground rules are in a minute because this mm-hmm. this is a bit of a mishmash here trying to figure out like what is background versus is it a minor character and the initial sheet and i added i think i added like 12 characters to it mm-hmm. it was already in the uh, what was it around 70 something when i first looked at this uh-huh. document that was sent to us by yeah. joseph and kate mcmanus joseph you remember this you said hey uh kate and i made up a uh we made up a little list of uh of some star wars background characters that uh, we can talk about it was like okay and i opened up the list and there were 78 <laughs> background characters from the star wars universe that you just thought of i'm guessing off the top of your head at least 60 of them 
uh, yeah. So Kate had had added uh, hers, and, and this was great. I, I hadn't uh, super interacted with Kate before, and I could tell by the characters that she thought of uh, mm-hmm. what kind of Star Wars fan she is. What were her preferred parts of Star Wars? Oh, <laughs> that was nice. To get, I've never really deeply got to know anybody through a Google Doc before, so that was very nice. That's fun. <laughs> and then this morning, I spent three hours adding the rest to get to like 130. And I super held myself back. Yeah, like, um, a lot. <laughs> That—that's what I wanted to talk to you about, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. The next time I opened this document, there were a hundred and thirty on it. <laughs> Poor Mark. How uh, many of them would you say you knew just off the bat? Well, that's the thing, because well, we had initially oh zero. Uh, okay. Initially. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna know many of these, and it does yeah, help that you've got like a line that they said or a scene that we remember them from. Yeah. Um, there is, I do have one favorite background character that I'm sure we will get to who I just like happened to catch in a single panning shot in one of the movies. And I went, who is that? And now that character has a whole backstory and like people have been, you know, this is the mythology of our times. This is people fill in the blanks. Yeah. But my first, because we had said minor character was how it was originally. Well, pitched. background was the suggestion. Background was and the then suggestion. I, yeah. That was the okay. suggestion. So and Hal became- added minor character. And this is, I was like, Oh, I can't believe how far off we are because mm-hmm. he said, well, what's the best minor character in Star Wars? And my first thought was like, Oh, probably Lando. yeah easy yeah that was what my temperature of what a minor character was apparently my thermometer is way off yeah Uh, you know this doc is like the federalist papers in hamilton it's like (laughs) kate mcmanus added the first 70 characters hal added eight scrimshaw added the other 912 (laughs) why do you write like it's going (laughs) visit canto bite like it's going out of style but it is it is amazing that you have this uh encyclopedic knowledge so should we uh should we just dive in and start talking about them yeah, um, I think we should we define minor versus background. Yes. I'm, I, yes. I'm I'm obsessed with uh with that. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. Just to give it some background, I have the honor of doing this Star Wars podcast, uh, Force Center, and I've been doing mm-hmm. it for about uh, five years now, and been big Star Wars fan my whole life. But that really connected me into a community of people who want to go super deep, and that right has now. both like that has really changed my perspective for myself of what is minor. And it's reminded mm-hmm. me that like sometimes people have just like such. It's like Star Wars is goofy and a lot of these characters are goofy and it's a great thing to goof around and, mm-hmm. and we're going to on this podcast. But like then there are things that like matter to people. So yeah. like this is this is a peek into my psyche. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of going back and forth with uh, I was trying to figure out with how whether or not it was a minor or background. And I saw that Mon Mothma had been added as a background character last night when we were still trying to figure it out. Uh, nobody's mm-hmm. fault at all. And I kind of had a mini freak out of like, I cannot say on a podcast that Mon Mothma is a minor character in Star Wars. I will <laughs> hear about that Mon on the Mothma internet is. for seven years. She's the yeah. leader of the rebellion. The entire yeah. oh. leader. She has very little screen time portrayed by two oh, different actors. Yes. One, she's yeah. the one that looks like a, uh, like a, a Greek goddess in like the all white. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. with the red hair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. She gives a briefing in Return of the Jedi and then she features more prominently in Rogue One. She was uh, right. cut out of Revenge of the Sith, blah, blah, blah. But like, so there's those delineations. Like for me, background character in my mind is weirdos who have very few lines in the cantina and mm-hmm. Canto Bite. 
blah, blah, blah. And then there's those characters who don't feature much on screen, but are like huge to the overall myth of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I think because, and and you were the one who laid this out, Joseph, which I think was smart, which is let's stick to the movies. Because once we get into Clone Wars or Rebels or any either, what is it, Legends universe? Is that the... Or is that yeah, the new one is Resistance. Well, Legends is like the stuff that used to be canon and is not oh, canon. Oh, right, 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 right. And then you have the actual universe, which includes which is a lot the two, of books. You mean the two, the two sections on Wikipedia where there's like the canon yeah, section sure. and then the legend section. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's better if we're going to just go by the movies, then somebody like Mon Mothma is a minor character in terms of screen time, but a major mm-hmm. character in terms of her importance to the overall arc of Star Wars. Does it make sense for the purposes of this to limit it at like, assume we're all Mark who has only seen movies. <laughs> I, me hey, too. I've mostly true. seen. Okay. I probably watched more Clone Wars and that's true. Uh, you have Clone Wars and, and um, rebels rebels. Yeah. Then you have. Yeah. Just that's because true. of, you definitely uh, have. cause I decided I was before the last movie I was going to go and I was going to watch everything chronologically. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, plugging Solo in where it fits in the story in Rogue One and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But also going through and, okay, so I'm going to pause after Attack of the Clones. And I'm going to watch The Clone Wars. And then I'm going to pause after this one. And I'm going to watch this and try to get a full scope of the narrative of Star Wars. Because, look, I'm frequently a dilettante in the more sci-fi fantasy niche pursuits, but Star Wars is one that I actually kind of know pretty well. Yes. Uh, well, then uh, let me amend that. You do you do know well. I, I know that you're, you don't... Uh, oh, I wasn't like personally insulted. I usually don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. In this <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate the evolution that uh, we're all of the generation that it used to be embarrassing to know too much about Star Wars. And now we're mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. I know hey, plenty whoa, whoa, about Star I Wars. I know enough. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to judge me on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes sense, so this isn't a nine-hour episode, to keep it to what we see on screen. So Bail Organa is a more important character when you expand the mythology. And even in the films, he's the reason why Leia survives, because he agrees right. to take her. Outside of that, he is somewhat minor in terms of his screen time use. Right. And I think and I would can make a distinction there of screen time, but I, I don't think the winner should be someone who has a huge canon story that we see on screen for 90 seconds i think that also we can if we're going minor or background and if we want to keep it to background i still i we i mentioned this earlier in a text i think i think we can keep it to legit like show business rules like background means no lines okay that'll cut a lot of these which would be Um, i I, i'm in your cantina i will do whatever you gentlemen say but is that but are we eliminating too many characters and am i giving an unfair advantage to Silent characters like Boba Fett, who shows up. But he speaks. Oh, does he speak? When does he speak? Multiple times. In He's Empire. got a lot he to say in Empire. worth a lot to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. He does He speak. doesn't speak. He only has a Wilhelm scream in Return of the Jedi. In Return, yeah. But in Empire, he's in Attack of the Clones as well. Yeah, as a kid. Oh, that's right. Hello, yeah. Diddy. It's me, Boba Fett. Remember what I sounded like before? I don't sound like that anymore. Now I sound like this. <laughs> yes. on, young Boba like Fett was in what we do in the shadows yes yeah that's right yeah. one day i'm gonna be aquaman's dead <laughs> but like I, I mean look if we want to keep it i don't i don't know that we need to handicap ourselves too much mm-hmm. because then it, then you get into things like well salacious crumb laughed is that a line you know mm. right do you want to go under five make it like let's make them yeah, any of the under fives that's great 
Okay. Like, a, like five, around five lines. Like that would be minor enough, yeah. but also background. Uh, what I was pitching also was we'll have you back, Joseph, for a subsequent episode and we can dig into mm. the minor characters who are not leads, but are maybe bigger mm. in the universe itself. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's okay. I think this person is like, I want to know of all the droids that are on the, the sand crawler and all of the aliens who are, who are at the cantina and uh, like all the weirdos that are in Jabba's court. Like, yeah. I think that is what they're looking for, including yeah. that one. What is that creature called? The one outside of Jabba's palace that just, that's like, the wart. It's the space dog. Yeah. yeah. And he just eats something. He just goes like a frog eating a fly. That guy. I thought of that dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just sits that, that big, uh, that big space toad. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, just sits there and waits for people walking to Jabba's, uh, place to drop crumbs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So uh, real quick about this list with what you were just saying about the, the idea of background, I tried to, and Kate certainly did this too. I tried to grab a couple representatives. So like we, this would have been thousands long if I had listed every cantina person and every background job a person. So I tried to grab some representative ones, not complete at all. That sounds great. So uh, with that in mind, does that, does that make sense to you, Joseph? I, I, cause you, I, we both defer to you. Not only to that, that we're being respectful to the fandom overall, but that you personally feel like, all right, it can grok this and we can move forward with it. I hate that I use that word. Oh, what does grok mean? Word. It means understand, but it's really corporate. Like, oh, can you grok? I think it's like something that corporate people took from cool people and then it immediately died and withered. Like, oh, you think you could grok what's on the spreadsheet? Yeah. Now the court, the corporate world was Alaska Airlines and grok was previously Virgin American. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they took it and made it uncool. Yeah. But does that work for you, Joseph? Absolutely. And should we go movie by movie? Oh, uh, however. Oh. You, or, yeah, sure. That'll that be, the, that'll be the easiest, I think, uh, just to remember where we are. Yes. Okay. That makes sense to me. And speaking of gonk, let's start in, uh, Star Wars. The first film that started it all. Okay, you want to go in order of theatrical. Go in order release, of theatrical in, in, release. Okay, yeah. because we should start by talking about Star Wars because I don't want to spend a long time on one, two, and three. <laughs> there's a, I got I got bad news for you. There's more background characters in the prequels. <laughs> sure, because there was. It's a lot easier to draw a digital one than it is to find a rubber <laughs> costume in storage. Yeah, to put a, a Wolfman mask on a guy and then name him Lax Sivrak. Yeah, it is yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you played this game? How do you get your Star Wars name as your favorite pasta? And then you just put a space somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, no, that's great. So that was on the internet. Somebody put that on there. <laughs> My favorites being Kapolin One <laughs> and uh, and Lasag Na. <laughs> well, uh, I'm Spag Hetty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wrote in one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could be a lot of ones in it. I could be Manicot one. <laughs> Manicot. <laughs> yeah. Or Manicot tie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, th- there are a lot of great sort of background characters, including you brought up the gonk, which is the GNK. It's a, a power droid, right? It's in a giant walking battery. Yeah, it's a battery on legs. Yeah, and it just goes gonk, gonk, which may be its own language or may just be an internal noise of its motor going. Yeah, I think it's probably just saying battery low, battery low. Yeah. That's, that's my head cannon. <laughs> it's the equi- it's the equivalent of the chirping of a um, fire alarm. <laughs> like your battery's dead just <laughs> every Aww. 45 seconds. Yeah, I, th- I think what's great about 
Gonk is, and it's something when you talk about background or minor characters that would at least be a good criteria, even if he doesn't 100% fill it is, you remember him really, really well. There are a lot of characters on here that you mm-hmm. may not remember seeing. It just didn't grab you. But this one just feels like he kind of takes you through the shot and he's the the biggest robot there, or the biggest droid rather, and he's making his his signature like that everybody can identify him very quickly. I think that and I think that's going to be a part of it too, is it's not necessarily going to be a character that we know anything about. We just know either like that is an iconic shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just something you remember from an iconic shot. Like the like, werewolf mask turning its head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're thinking of like aesthetic a charm of like, ooh, what is that? I want to know more about that as it passes by on the screen for two seconds. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, and, and this is a way we could look at it. We can look at it either. Are we going to look at, is a gonk more valuable in this particular best background character than a Wedge Antilles who is in every movie, including nine or in every original movie. And then he comes back in nine, like Luke's buddy on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I can't think of. I mean, I guess I can't think of iconic moments of Wedge, but there's not like one shot like or, you know, Admiral Motti or Moti. How do you you say his name? This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. And then Vader chokes him like the guy that gets choked by Vader. Yeah, you're you're pro uh, that level character. A quick Vader choking. Yeah. Or who's the guy? There's one there's one character that I love. I think it's in episode four. And you can I'm sure you know this, Joseph, where two guys have to have a video call with Vader. And one of them is. Clearly, like, very, very scared. It's an empire. <laughs> is it an empire? Yeah, you're uh, probably thinking it, of Piet. Uh, do you know their names? You know who these guys are? I think, I think you're thinking of Firmus Piet. He's the one who is, who, uh, yes. Could he be goes PMA. to apologize, right? Oh, uh, that's yeah. Nita. That's Nita's Nita. the one who oh, apologizes. Right. Yes. Apology and gets accepted, choked. Captain yeah, Nita. Yeah, yeah. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of frightened Imperials to choose from. <laughs> as I'm, you know what, as I'm thinking about this, maybe going movie by movie is not a great idea. And it might be a better idea to go location by location. Okay. Ooh. You know what I mean? Re- go with like the people who are on the Imperial ships versus now let's talk about Mos Eisley. Now let's talk about Jabba's party barge. That's you know the I mean? only thing we don't have the document set up for. Oh, that's true. All right. Let's stick with yeah. movies then. Yeah, um, but I mean, you can see the the Imperial guys are sort of all together there. Yeah. Uh, trying to think who else, who else Dude. is somebody that stands out? Who's somebody that stands out to you, Joseph? Would you think of like a classic minor or somebody in the background from from the first film? Okay, so a couple of the, the ones from the list uh, in episode four that to me, to my mind, go to, ooh, perfect background character. Uh, one is Momana Dunn. Uh, okay. Probably better known to people of our generation as Hammerhead because that yeah. was his action figure name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's in <laughs> a Thorian. He, you know, uh, if you collected the action figures, he has, you know, the, the weird bendy head. He's brown with the, oh, with the yeah. eyes. And then he had in the action figure for no reason whatsoever, uh, a blue onesie jumpsuit. <laughs> like he was a giant spindly brown uh, creature infant thing. Uh, yeah. and then his, his, he got developed as having the name, uh, Momana Dunn. But he's one of those, just the camera rests on him. He lives in our imagination partially because he was an action figure, but mm-hmm. partially because in that cantina scene in yeah. 1977, it was just like, that's alien. That's freakish weird. That is, yes. that is kind of a perfect one. I, I, I went into this thinking that whatever we picked from episode four was probably going to be 
one of those really fun characters from the cantina, because that's kind of the whole point of the cantina scene is here's this music. Look at all these interesting characters for a few seconds. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That really, that's the whole function in the thing is to set the stage. And I think that's kind of a perfect example. Nice. Yeah. The other one who jumps out at me and full credit uh, to Kate for adding him to this list, because I think is a great insight. Uh, the stormtrooper who hits his head on the door. Absolutely. That's me. I added him. Oh, you did. Full <laughs> yes. credit to Hal. That Thank is, <laughs> that is, I mean, as background goes, like that's, that's gotta be the only background character that has his own, like, well, that's not true. That has his own mythology, but like, that well, a mistake like that has become, is there, there is a guy in Empire Strikes Back whose name escapes you right now, uh-huh. who is running around Cloud City and, and it's very quick. So if you're just watching, it's like, oh, he's got some sort of, some sort of alien technology, but he's running around with an ice cream maker. And that <laughs> yeah. is his thing. And that's he, Will Row Hood. Thank you. Will Row Hood. Yeah. Will Row Hood has his own action figure that was released later at cons. It's sort of like a spoof, but uh-huh. that's a character that is in, like they created a name for him. It's so good. Because he's like, who's the ice cream maker guy? He's Will Row Hood. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course his he, his legend lives long. Like that action figure was demanded by fans and it was a full main release. You could walk into Target or Walmart and buy no kidding. a man in an orange jumpsuit with an ice cream maker. Uh, <laughs> in, the, the ice cream maker has now become canon is a kind of safe called the Camtono uh, in The Mandalorian. It's a whole thing. So it's not, it's not like it was uh, legit the ice cream maker on the Death Star, like from the commissary. <laughs> no, he was Cloud City. He was in Cloud oh, or City. Oh, Cloud City. Got yeah, it was, yeah. Just, it was, that's, that's so great about these original trilogy movies. Like they're making them relatively fast. It's stressful. Like you, you take a thing you're going to run by for a second. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be people doing podcasts about this 40 years from now. What's a podcast? Like, yeah, that was not yeah. a consideration. <laughs> yeah. His, his actual canon name was Baskin Row Bins. And he, <laughs> he worked on the commissary at Cloud but City. Every, but everybody just called him 32, 32, get to your post. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Flavors, get to your post. <laughs> Mr. Flavors. Um, I'm sorry, but we, was your other one? Your other one was the Stormtrooper. The Stormtrooper hits his head, which is, he, which he's pretty fascinating, uh, real quick because it, it's rare that you go on Wikipedia and they say unidentified. In canon, he's, he has not been given a number, like, you know, stormtroopers have numbers, like TK421, who gets called in A New Hope. Uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is, there is a pitched battle between different actors to convince the world that they were the actor in the suit <laughs> who bumped their head. <laughs> uh, I have a friend named Jamie Stangroom, uh, who's a very funny, uh, uh, British man who he, he works for, um, the, the BBC and does, uh, fun side projects. He made a whole documentary about who is the real stormtrooper who hit their head? Oh, did he discover so the did truth? He find, did he find out the actor? I, I, well, no. I mean, it's it's a couple of people claiming, so you have to go through the evidence uh, to see if you um, believe them. Wow, oof, that's incredible. Coming out of uh, episode four. Well, I, yeah, I have a couple. I have a cu- so you've each thrown a couple. May I throw a couple out there? Please, please. One is uh, Figrin Dan, who is the band leader of the Modal Nodes, and is mm. playing the Corn. Uh, that's the thing and that his, looks like an oboe, right? Yeah, yeah. His face is a butt. <clears throat> they play <laughs> the music is called jizz music they all have buttholes for mouths they're unlike the what in the max rebo band they all are the same they're all uh biff i think everybody in the band is biff yep they're, so all, they're all they're all just playing together and and uh having a good old time having a great time jizz whaling 
Yeah, they're yeah. jizz whaling. But he's like one of those kind of stand up, like you just sort of remember him. And he's, he's, has the benefit of being associated with that music. That that yeah. is uh, the music you hear is the music that they are playing. Like um, you can't picture that guy and not hear. Dun, 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 exactly. Dun, dun, dun. And you can yeah. kind of imagine his life, right? Cause you can imagine like, well, that he's clearly a pretty great musician. He sounds like, you know, Benny Goodman in space. What the hell yeah. happened in his life that he's playing this <laughs> crappy cantina on this backwater planet? <laughs> like, th- I mean, as entertainers, that you know, that would be like if you saw somebody just like amazing and like, wow, look at Mark Gagliardi and how lovely doing improv. And why are they doing it in this horrible place? They're so yeah. good. <laughs> Welcome to Arby's, everybody. I'm how lovely this is Mark Gagliardi. Enjoy oh your horses. We're going to do some jizz improv for you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to jizz whale on the improv. What is, it, what is this jizz whaling thing? Why do we keep saying that? <laughs> that's the music. That's the, that's the genre of music. It, that's the genre. That's, they made up that genre, and that's what they went with for a name. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I bet George Lucas didn't know what it yeah. was. That's a lot fair. of this stuff got named by, in like around 89 by a role-playing game, and uh, a lot of it just stuck. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. I have two more. I, well, I have one more. Okay. It might be good to have each of us pitch three people per movie and then figure that's, it out. That's a lot of pitches. But then the prequels that's, we that's could just... That's nine for nine movies. How about this? <laughs> we give each of the original films, each of the original three we can pitch, and then just one for the one for the prequels and one for the sequels. No! Great. Like three apiece. I mean, like three, like, we don't do three for okay. Phantom Menace. Like I'm one, not, two, I'm not going to need three for any. You don't, you don't like that, Joseph? I've already, I've already done mine for this one, which is okay. Oh, well, then I'll, the ones I'll that give are you, already out there. I'll My argument real quick is we're, we're yeah. biased. We're, we're already biased by growing up as original trilogy uh, generation. Yes. I, I mm. will not participate in further biasing <laughs> <laughs> against right, prequel or sequel. Fair enough. I'll give you one more, uh, which is, uh, at, so. Dr. Cornelius uh, Evazan, mm. am I saying that right? Yeah. Evazan, uh, he is the man who has the death penalty in uh, Twelve Systems. Oh, the guy whose face is the fan yeah, of the opera. He speaks a lot, but his <laughs> his friend Ponda Baba, who is the guy who gets he's he's a walrus man in the original Twelve action figures, uh-huh. but it has been named Ponda Baba, who gets his arm cut off by Obi Wan Kenobi because he's like uh, the only thing he does is go like, <laughs> and then you, that's how. And then along comes this doctor who knows where he went to medical school and, uh, <laughs> and Ponda Baba winds up losing his arm. I like both of them. I think that if we're staying in Mos Eisley Cantina for right now and we're going to pull one out of Mos Eisley to battle against the guy that hits his head, um, which is where it seems like my brain at least is going for this. <laughs> I think that Hammerhead and Space Benny Goodman, um, <laughs> Space Benny Goodman. I think sure. I think they accomplish more with less. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Walrus right. Man, I can't I'm like, what did he look like again? I remember the Phantom of the Opera dude with the pug nose. But those other ones are the so Phantom vividly like boom, boom. I know exactly those images in my mind. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna mark these down. So we have Figure and Dan. We have the stormtrooper who hit his head. We have Momar mm. Nadan. Moma. Uh what was it Moma? Yeah, M O then Ma, M A W, Moma, Moma the Nadan, and that's it. Those three. Yeah, is, it, is there another one? Me. Okay, great. So then we move on to wait, wait. Uh, let, we, let's pick one from oh, yeah. this movie. Yeah. Oh, you oh you don't want to take them all together. And no, 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 no. Let's one. pick one from from each movie, and then we'll. Uh, yeah. All right. So what? I mean, 
Mm-hmm. So me, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, ahead. yeah. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say for me, it look, I would much rather reward craftsmanship than error. <laughs> so <laughs> as fun as it is to say the stormtrooper hit his head on the doorframe, I would like it to be one of the ones from Mos Eisley Cantina. And if craftsmanship is a factor in this, I think that Figrin Dan has that on three fronts. It's got the performance of the actor, the skill of the designer who created the character and the people who built it, and also the music. I think that's a perfect sort of encapsulating moment in one character. What do you guys think? I, I can agree with that. And I think another factor that, that is fun for me is how much does the character fire your imagination? Cause I think that's the joy of these background characters is going, yeah. what else is going on with them? And I think figuring Dan does that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that is a good point. I was going to say, I think that, uh, I think that Hammerhead just sort of like his only shot is like him like sort of rotating at the camera. <laughs> yeah. So there's really and they came up with an incredible story where he's like a he tends a garden and he hid alliance. He hid like rebels in his garden. And and <laughs> after like saving his people by cutting a deal with the Empire, like create like for a piece of rubber that turns on camera. He has become a fully fleshed, like, freedom fighter who's running some sort of, yeah. uh, like, secret, like, he's part of some secret, like, I'll shelter the rebels here in my garden. <laughs> it's almost like Star Wars has this ability, like you were talking about before, Joseph, of, like, Carl Jung talked about the collective unconscious. It's like Star Wars has opened up the collective imagination. The combination of Star Wars and the internet has, like, this amazing imagination where ever, where there are hundreds of thousands of people yes anding one another <laughs> all of this stuff into existence and it's like great now that's a legend so that's part of these movies the number of people who have added to this story and this mythology is so incredibly vast and cool yeah it's yeah. beautiful i think for episode 1 i think that's a i i'm really good with friggin dan what's his name fingerin dan fingerin Finger dan episode hey, 4 Friggin', friggin' Danny. <laughs> friggin' Danny over here. All right, let's go. Let's move on to episode five. The Empire Strikes Back. I think there's okay. some really good stuff in here. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just talk about the, uh, the elephant in the room, uh, which okay. is not Efont Man because he's in Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> wait, who is this? Uh, it's a drive by joke. Is he useless, useless to our purpose. Uh, in Empire Strikes Back, the bounty hunters, right? Here's the yep. other bit of how do we define background characters? Because we have the one scene of the bounty hunters. Uh, yeah. Boba Fett is uh, not even on this list. He's a, he's a major character. He's a major character. A major to minor character, yeah. I would argue. But you got Bosk, you got Dengar, you got IG-88, you got Zuckus, mm-hmm. you got 4LOM. You have to pause Empire Strikes Back pretty much to take Dengar in. But he is known to us because we grew up with those action figures and he, he yeah. took on a life of his own. Uh, he didn't Bosk, fit in anything. Yeah, Bosk has an actual interaction. So I guess mm. my question is, for you both, when you define a background character, does it matter how large their legend is outside of the movie as opposed to their, their screen time? I think that's what Hal was talking about at the beginning. I think we have to keep it in the movies. Yeah, okay. I, but, I, but I, I, I guess the, the, the distinction I should have made is, like, there's a distinction between how much narrative is out there versus... If another word had never been written about Bosk, people would still remember him because he made a cultural impact. So Which one like, is Bosk? Like, is he the one that looks like a uh, like a sort of lizard man? Yeah, yeah, he's the yes. Trandoshan. Okay, yeah, Tran- Trandoshan. Sure, I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, <laughs> that's a lizard. But man. I do, rem- but I do remember the toy. Yeah, um, and I yeah. think I do think yeah, like that's a big thing. 
that they gave him a toy and elevate that Kenner elevated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like IG-88 is only has become more notorious now because of IG-11 from The Mandalorian, because they, like we got to see that in action. There's a great anthology book. I think it's called Tales of the Bounty Hunters that came out in the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. That I remember 90s, reading. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a really good like stories about each of the bounty hunters that you see on the bridge in Empire Strikes Back that are all waiting there. But Bosk is the only one that really like the I don't IG-88 was just a statue that they put there. I don't <laughs> was think it really? he moves at all. Yeah, yeah no, he, he moves. He, no, no, not at all. He's nailed into the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, shout out for Bosk is one of my uh, possible suggestions. He Bosk, is a, Bosk is a great one. Yeah, I will say. Uh, or, or let me ask you this. Uh, what do you know about uh, Torin Far? Ooh, Torin Far is uh pretty cool uh because she uh, honestly and and a little bit sadly you know she is uh one of the only other named women characters uh certainly in Empire Strikes Back. Right, that's why I asked because that threw me for a loop. I didn't. I guess I just like my Bechdel Dar is off that I never realized that. Oh my God, there's she has one line and she's the only other woman besides Leia that speaks in this movie. Yeah, and she she looks really competent. Uh, so that's the, she got that going for her. But yeah, so, so she's really cool. Uh, got a great great look, great performance by the actor. Yeah, so I'm I'm all for torn far. Uh, but yeah, she, do you know if she has like a has has a uh, has a story been added about her to the uh, to any of the legends or anything? Like it seems like something that big, a detail that big about this character who I really frankly don't remember. And I think Bosk is going to wind up our one, at least at this point coming from this movie, because as it, where it stands now, but that's a huge deal. It feels like to me. Yeah. And I don't, uh, so there's the, the legend stuff that, you know, grew for years and, and isn't canon now. And then there's the canon stuff now. And uh, right. there's definitely stuff, uh, uh, stories of Torin in, in both up to a point, but they don't like, I'm not familiar with them. They don't loom super large. She's not one of these characters yeah. who has become super well known and beloved. Like some of these other minor characters. On they haven't sparked the imagination. Exactly. Using that metric, is there, are there any others? Hal, do you have any others that you think of out of this? Uh, I, I do. I have, I have two. <laughs> One is Zev Seneska, only because <laughs> I could, I, he looked like Jim Neighbors, and he's, he's the guy who's flying the snowspeeder who spots Han, uh, okay. flagging down. And he says, uh, Echo Base, this is Rogue Two. I found them. Repeat, I found them. Exactly like that. That is a, actual like that is the music of his voice but he's got like a smug smile on his face and he looks so much like jim neighbors that i just expected to say i found the repeat i found them <laughs> Shazam! uh that oh is my God. <laughs> that is one the other and you know will rohood is sort of in a in a league of his own the dude got his own action figure but i didn't know he existed until i went and read about him so there's nothing he is a story i learned about after the fact having seen Empire Strikes Back more than any of the other Star Wars films by far. Uh, the other one I want to throw out there is 2-1-B, who is the medical, mm, uh, the yeah. surgical droid who treats Luke and puts him oh, in the yeah. back of the tank. Number one, because he does a good job of bringing Luke back to full health. And number two, he is the filthiest droid. I mean, the, the Jawas are like driving through the sand. They've got, they've got that, uh, that R2, uh, the R, what is it? R5D4. Yeah. With the bad motivator that breaks down. Even that droid is in better shape than like 21B. They couldn't give him an oil bath. They couldn't clean him up. Just take a toothbrush to him or something. He just <laughs> looks like he's about to like, good job, Luke. And then just the bottom of his face is going to fall off. Like that's the next thing that's going to happen. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> yeah, he's pretty great. He's pretty great. Um, Look, I, I do love a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in medicine. He's uh, in medicine. Can I suggest one more person from Empire? Uh, Please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I will see your Zev Seneska, Hal, and I will raise yep. you a major Bren Derlin. Uh, <laughs> this is a character who is just a, he's a minor, uh, rebel character. He tells Leia that the shield doors must be closed. Uh, and later he says, everyone to your stations. Let's go. But what makes him remarkable is he is played by Cliff Clavin. He is played yes, by John, John Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the joy in my young heart when I was watching on Empire Strikes Back, a movie I thought I knew well on VHS, and said, wait, somebody got some cheers in my Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they Hang on a second. Is that Ham from Toy Story? Yeah. They cut the scene where he walks into the Haggard Bay and everybody goes, Bren! <laughs> <laughs> he was the norm in that case, even though he played Cliff Clavin. Yes. And he had tracks. a bunch of facts. You know, the, uh, the Sarlacc has got <laughs> oh my God. tentacles. Nobody really talks about it, but there, there are more than you think. And also it looks like Audrey too. <laughs> um, Jeez. Yeah, that is a pretty good one. Especially because it's John Ratzenberger's face and not his voice that he is dubbed. Yeah. The, um, the dubbed in that. Yeah. And the, the first line doesn't sound at all like him, but the everyone to your stations, let's go does almost sound like he's about to order a beer from Sam for some reason. <laughs> I would, you know what? I wouldn't mind uh, seeing this character make it into the finals. A, for that moment of, wait, is that John Ratzenberger? And also because <laughs> the idea of at the end of this, we are going to have nine, some terrifying, some funny, some all weird characters duking it out for supremacy. And I like the idea that that one of the ones duking it out is John Ratzenberger. <laughs> Just for no other reason of memorability than he's John Ratzenberger. I'm okay with that. Joseph, I, how do you feel? Yeah, it works for me. Uh, more so than Bosk. Yeah, I can let Bosk go because I can also see the the argument that Bosk is a, is a more than a background character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with apologies to Torin Farr. Stand by, eye on control, fire. All right, let's move on to episode six. And episode six, I have I, this one. Actually, do have one that I want to. Oh uh, yeah, that I want to throw out in there. Okay, there's a shot, and I just discovered this character recently. I was watching Return of the Jedi, and they're on Endor, and it's when all of the rebels have been caught. The Empire has caught all the rebels, and there's a panning shot of all of these rebels sort of, you know, with their hands tied or on their heads or in some state of surrender uh, with guns trained on them by the Empire. And there's one character that it just pans by very briefly, but it is a grizzled old man with a long gray beard, and he is dressed like a stormtrooper, <laughs> but without a helmet. And I went... <laughs> what is this <laughs> tiny unit like this tiny unit had been like okay gramps <laughs> you're gonna go dress like a stormtrooper and infiltrate like like this whole he, you know what he looked like he looked like an ex wwe wrestler uh, who was like hey guys i got an idea I'm going to put me on one of these stormtrooper <laughs> outfits. They're never going to know it's me. And they're like, but your beard is hanging out the bottom of the helmet. He's like, no, no, man, I got this. <laughs> Do you know uh, the guy? Are you familiar with the guy I'm talking about? Yes, he is uh, dressed as a as a biker scout. Uh, it's a uh, 
cutscene where there was an attempt to uh to actually, you know, do an infiltration. So there like actually a, was a scene that he was in. Yeah, it wasn't like they were just like, oh, that guy stood in the wrong place, you know, <laughs> on the shooting. Well, no, I kind of love the idea just that, like, whoever was dressing the background people was like, ooh, put this on. That's kind of a provocative story. Like, There's a really quick shot where you can see him putting the helmet on earlier. Oh, yeah. Before he gets captured in the uh, the character's name, and you're going to love this, uh, is Nick <laughs> Sant. Uh, because he looks, because he looks like Santa Claus, Saint Nick, Nick Sant. Nail it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I also yeah. love the idea when they're all uh, with their hands over their heads. They're like, gee, I wonder why they were able to suss us out. <laughs> Think Nick's beard had anything to do with it? You couldn't have trimmed it. We talked to you about this before we even came down to the planet. Yeah, I love the idea that Nick Sant is just like a really bad actor. That he's got that yeah. pro wrestler voice that you were doing. Like, hey guys, I'm a uh, I'm BS forty two forty two. I don't I, I don't know. Uh, open and then he doors. goes back to the guys and he's like, I think I convinced them. <laughs> and I gotta show this out. Uh, uh, this other detail I'll shout out real quick, just because if yeah. other Star Wars fans uh, know it, it'll 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 bother him. There's there's a whole there was a whole weird controversy around this character uh, because there's the clone character Rex who is in uh, both the Clone Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. and at one point there was a light suggestion that they would retcon Nick Sant to be Rex, uh, but then a lot of fans oh. had issue with that, and now they've kind of backed away and said, you know what. Nick Sant is his own bearded weirdo. <laughs> we'll let Rex be his own character. Well, uh, that's that's my pitch for this movie. Okay. There's obviously a million in Jabba's palace uh, and in assorted other uh, places on here. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, yeah, solid. Uh, uh, yeah, very good. How? Who's your pick from from Episode Six? I'm gonna pick two. One is gonna be Malakili, the Rancor Keeper, mm. only because. It adds a like it's so bizarre because you have this fight. The rancor is clearly evil. It's trying to to devour Luke, and then once he kills it, all of a sudden in comes Malakili, the rancor keeper, who is beside himself with grief. Oh, I love that guy. He's like, all you see him do is like start to slobber cry because that's his job. The rancor, like we don't think the the rancor might not necessarily. It's just hungry. It's hungry. Yeah, the rancor is not. The rancor is chaotic neutral. I like to imagine, <laughs> and I, I, if it's not the case, uh, then shame on whoever came up with something different. That 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 happened on th- that night. Malakili was going to abscond with the rancor, and they were going to go <laughs> away. And he was going to let the rancor, like Harry and the Hendersons, he was going to take him up to <laughs> Washington State. And let him loose at a park somewhere and say, "Go, you bastard!" and punch him in the face. Is Run that true? Uh, there, you know, there's a bunch of stories about him too because he had a bunch of stuff in Legends and now in modern canon. He's very sensitive in modern canon, mm-hmm. following up on the uh, the understandably emotional reaction to his friend dying. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's probably the best, and it's kind of funny because you're like, "Ha ha." But, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually the best acted of the minor background moments, background character moments. Yeah, there, there's a lot of acting for sure. Like he really did get, uh, he really did get a chance to choose some scenery in that. Yeah, he legitimately yeah. makes people sad. Uh, man, Six has got a lot. Uh, how did you have anybody else? I did, I did have one more and I, I, I had a couple that I was going to do. One was going to be EV99, who is the, you are a protocol droid. Are you not? He's the jackass that, that, uh, He's the turncoat droid who tortures other droids and puts a door for Java. Yes. But I, I want to 
<laughs> and Salacious Crumb, one of my favorite Star Wars characters sure. of all. But I, he almost feels too major to me to, to be included in this. I, I want to focus on Size Noodles and the Max Rebo band. And yeah. the original version, not the one with, uh, with Joe, what is it, Joe Yauza? Joe Yauza, yes, and the, yeah. uh, the backup singers, uh, Grieta, Reistal Sant, and Lin Me. You don't like. No, I want the original. <laughs> Give me the, <laughs> and I think, <laughs> but of that band, the background of that band is Droopy McCool, who not only looks like a stocking full of cotton balls that was just pinched off in a few places. <laughs> <laughs> but also has the name Droopy McCool. They had to come up with a name for him when the toy came out because it was a set. I remember getting it. I lost his uh oh my god. He plays the hold on, I have it. He plays the uh <laughs> Chin Chindinkalu. Yes. flute. It, uh but I lost that immediately. But he he like he's the background of the background, and yet I remember him because he's just sort of He's doing the the figure and Dan and the modal nodes move because that's all the guy in that suit could do. So I, that's that's my other nomination is Droopy McCool from uh, Size Noodles and the Max Rebo Band. Okay, okay, yeah, no man, there there's so many great things. I I agree. I think Salacious B Crumb is maybe a little bit uh, too famous. Salacious um, Crumb is a yeah, that feels like a, a yeah character. Uh, I'm gonna throw out uh, one. Uh, this is hard. I'm I'm just ignoring the Ewoks and I apologize, but uh, I gotta go for a weird. <laughs> Uh, Janus Grijatus. He is one of the Imperial dignitaries. Uh, they have very little screen time, and I think they fire imagination. They're the old, creepy-looking dudes in purple robes with weird hats who you just see kind of whispering a little bit with Palpatine, like they're e- either talking about the most <laughs> evil Sith secrets or just, like, uh, you know, BSing about bad employees or trading recipes. You don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I love that his name is Janus Grijatus. Yes. Oh and he has his, he, his, the hat he wears makes it look like he wrapped a towel around his head after getting out of the shower. Like he's just, <laughs> and then, and then the thing he's saying is like, well, it's plum actually. It's not like a solid purple. It's more of its own shade. <laughs> I'd like one of those. <laughs> I can where, get one. Where did you, you get it? You can, you I'll, got it. Oh, it's bespoke. Custom. It's custom. Yes. Ooh. Everything I wear is custom. Oh, fancy. My head towel is custom because when I get out of the shower, my hair is very fussy. Anyway, I, oh, I like I, girl. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm cutting myself uh, off there for Return of the Jedi. I'll say this also. I kind of like uh, Max Rebo himself specifically because I liked that um, he outside of the Star Wars universe, he got a role playing Hooter in Captain EO. <laughs> he picked up. Listen, you're just, he's just he's in the gig economy. It's yeah, whatever look, he can get. I mean, re- <laughs> like, did nobody who made Captain EO go, hey, um, maybe a, uh, a light blue, long snouted sort of blob character who plays a round keyboard in a band in space? Maybe that's already been done. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Didn't George right. Lucas produce that? Wasn't he involved yeah. in it? I know Francis yeah. Ford Coppola directed it. He just did it again. <laughs> like, George, uh, you like- sure we can? He's like, it's fine. Oh yeah, just break him out of. Uh, we have him in a garage. Hold on, I'll go get him. <laughs> but look, I think the one that really is singing to me out of this is the guy who is the rancors, the rancor wrangler, Malakili. Malakili. Yeah, yeah. Just, just because, like, I, you feel for the guy. Like, it's an actual yeah. sort of. You never, you never root for the bad guys in a Star Wars movie. Everything is so black and white. 
It is really um, introducing a lot of gray that Luke just survived in your like, Luke, what an asshole. You hurt that guy's feelings when you saved yeah. your own life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's his friend. You didn't you couldn't have figured out another way to do it? Uh He's so sad. Yeah, that he does I don't think any I don't know if there'll be anybody we pick to be a finalist in this who mm-hmm. will have done more with less. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. scenery gobble moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would fight for Droopy McCool, but we already got Finger and Dan, so I, I'm good with Malakili. Great. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, that that knocks out the first three original trilogy of Star Wars. Why don't we take a brief break, and when we come back, we will uh, we will tackle the rest of the Star Wars universe. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, here are some of the other wonderful podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Kilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I stand, I stand up. I've been doing stand up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand up comic since 1984. And uh, I do the road like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori show. And you should subscribe on maximum fun. If you want to hear that. (laughs) And I would encourage you not to. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we host Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a new Simpsons podcast that is Simpsons adjacent. Mm -hmm. Um, In its topic, we talk to Simpsons writers, directors, voiceover actors, you name it, about non-Simpsons things that they've done. Because, surprise, they're all extremely talented. Absolutely. For example, David X. Cohen worked on The Simpsons, but then created a little show called Futurama. Mm -hmm. That's our very first episode. So tune in for stuff like that with Yardley Smith, with Tim Long, with different writers and voice actors. It's going to be so much fun. And we are every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And And we're back. back. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about space some more. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's move on to episode one. Minor characters in episode one. This is the thing. Like, I don't know these three movies nearly as well as the original trilogy. In fact, there were scenes in Attack of the Clones that I was like, nope, I'm fast forwarding through this because Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman talking to one another uh, is ruining this movie. Uh, you, you don't want them to watch them uh, float some fruit on a date? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's yeah. the, what is it? Uh, the sand gets everywhere, Mark. Oh, it gets everywhere. Coarse and rough. I will, uh, I'll give a quick uh, shout out. <laughs> this is my advice. If you want to, if you want to watch those with a different eye, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Star Wars goes back and forth between being an epic myth versus digging mm-hmm. into like uh, reality, a little bit of realism. Watch all of Attack the Clones with the mindset of Anakin is a confused teenager who has been thinking about this woman for years, he has not learned any game from Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he is yeah. trying his best. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I Look, I, I, I will... <laughs> next time I go back and watch it in a few years. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I get where you Next going. time I watch episode, you know, any of the other ones in a week or so, because I turn them on with fair regularity, but not yeah. one through three so got much. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to throw one out here knowing that it's not going to be a finalist, but just to, just because I, I, I have the, 
prequels are not for me. That's what I'd say. In the buffet of Star mm-hmm. Wars, I pass that over. It's like the blue jello with sour cream in it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Greedo, who is a background character only in The Phantom Menace, and then appears in a more expanded role later on. I know he won't win. I just, I just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep my hands clean and I can't, like, I, there's nobody, like, maybe CO. Are you talking like, about, I, I think you're talking about Wald. Are you talking about the young Rodian? Yeah, isn't that, isn't that Greedo? Isn't that is not Greedo? Greedo. That is Wald. W-A-L-D. Oh, well, then I'll you go can with vote for that. I'm going to go with Wald, the little Rodian. Okay, yeah, he's got a lovely dance. <laughs> a dance of victory when Anakin wins the pod yeah. race. He's great. Yeah. Okay. He's good. He's a good kid. Mark, are there any of these? I know, I know the prequels are not your, your favorite bag. Is, uh, are any of these? Uh, I mean, in, I've, in the pod race, there are a couple of fun people. Okay. Uh, there's, uh, I like Clegg Holdfast a lot. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not really the jump to mind, any that jump to mind. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Clegg Holdfast is the one who is inexplicably pompous and ambiguously sort mm-hmm. of royal <laughs> Shakespearean company. Uh, where he well, like, and now you know why I love this <laughs> tiny minor moment. But it's great. It's a really great. It's a ton of flavor in the uh, in the pod race. He, yeah, mm-hmm. he does a little bow. It's great. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, yeah. So a couple that I would shout out is Aura Singh. Uh, so Aura Singh is a pretty cool looking bounty hunter, a woman bounty hunter. Her species is a Paladuvin, uh, mm-hmm. and she is seen just up high in this turret, watching the pod race for one second. And the theory Jeez. was that she was going to be planted there to be used more in fu- future movies. She wasn't used in the future movies. She was used in, you know, uh, Clone Wars a bunch. But she was also, like, advertised, and she was one of these characters that people were like, oh, cool-looking bounty hunter. So I think she's high mm-hmm. up for just sort of cool-looking person who is there for one second and fires your imagination. I mean, that's if that's what the job is of these characters. And she is cool looking. I mean, with her crazy top knot ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. I look, this one, like I said, I leave this one to you guys. I'm this I'm not as well versed in. Okay. Um, so I'll let how, you pick Joseph. Well, how I'll go to you. I'm going to give you a selection of the super weirdo Jedi okay. Council members. Because oh, yeah. another part of this joy that we've only talked about a little bit is when one of the background characters are just freakishly distractingly weird i would put like droopy mccool like in that category uh so for the jedi we have opal rancisis who Mm -hmm. is the large snake that looks like they're always doing some kind of meditation Uh, he's got a beard that would look great underneath a biker scout helmet yeah exactly Uh, Uh a large snake guy Mm -hmm. Uh, then we have yarl poof who is the jedi with the he's got the super long neck uh, he's in the background of the council scene, just his head's just kind of bobbing in a way that's perfectly distracting. It, it's like yeah. they made him to be like a real extra who won't stand <laughs> still because they want attention. And then there's the infamous uh, Yaddle, the uh, female Yoda, Yoda, who has never seen uh, uh, or really uh, talked about oh, much Yaddle. again in modern canon. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Yaddle looks like the female gremlin and gremlins to the new batch. And that is <laughs> nothing like I've, I, it makes sense that whatever, I know we've never learned Yoda's race. Like it's an unidentified race. Maybe we'll learn more in season two, the Mandalorian. We hope it's been shot. So we get a shot at seeing it this year that it feels like such a lazy 
like, oh, a female, it's, it's that thing that I've talked about a bunch of times where when you meet somebody and you've never met their family, you assume that their family all <laughs> looks like them in different outfits. Kind of like right. when you see the family line in like a, in like a haunted mansion. It's like Baron Duke, World War One, World War Two, same mm. face. That's, that's what this feels like. I, out of these, and, uh, I think I have to take Yariel Poof because he's, looks so weird like it just looks like he shouldn't be able to function as a creature just like he'd be his like neck would flop over and his head like he has trouble sort of yeah yeah Yarl pooped. It, it does seem like it was just like uh it, he to me looks like they went they got they ran out of ideas and someone just took a stretch armstrong and went there there's a character <laughs> yeah stretched his neck out and he's a like, quermian is that right yeah yeah uh, yeah, I love him because he is so distracting. He, he's a different approach on background because, like, he's supposed to be background, but he's not. I remember coming out of that movie, all those different opinions, and, but everybody going like, what was the deal with the guy with the neck and the head, Bob? What was all that about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm totally happy with him moving on. Okay. Yeah. Yaddle. Oh, Yarel. Yarel. Yarel Poof. Yarel Poof. Yarel Poof. All right, episode two. We got to start getting through these faster, guys. This is going to be a 10-hour episode. Okay. Uh, mission, uh, accepted. All right. <laughs> Great. Then tell us who it is for episode two, cause I don't remember that movie terribly well <laughs> at all. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, pick, uh, uh, favorites, uh, uh, to, to best highlight it. Uh, so we got a lot of uh, Jedi. Dexter Jetster is a great character, but he is on screen a lot. So if we're really going, Elon Sleaze Begano is infamous for his funny name, but he has a dialogue interaction. Same thing with Chicasta New. Uh, I've got already got a couple uh Jedi. Uh, so oh, let's talk about Kit Fisto. Even though he's a Jedi, he yes. doesn't have any dialogue. And Kit he is Fisto one- is one of those that I remember. Like you look at them, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's a Nautilin. Uh, he uh, is, you know, kind of an underwater Jedi. Though we don't get to see him underwater in the movie. But he became mm-hmm. famous because he smiles a lot. <laughs> he, he's yeah. the Jedi who who's he's kind while while he kills you. See, that's nice. I I like Kit right. Fisto. I mean, he's yeah, from like a place him. called Glee, so it makes sense. <laughs> was was Ki- was Kiati Mundi? Was he only in in Revenge of the Sith? Or, like, oh, he's no, on, he's one, he's two, on and three. Council. Yeah, he's I, one of the major Jedi. He one, two, and three. But he feels like a background. I, he doesn't have much dialogue, right? He, he doesn't have much, but he does have dialogue, and he does have one of the significant Order sixty six deaths in Revenge of the Sith. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. I well, I like Kit, I I like Kit Fisto. I actually know who that is. Also, yes. and I like, like the, the smiliness. Of, yeah, the smiliness actually does stand out. So I would be, I think that that is a good choice for, uh, for this movie. He also is, isn't he also, don't we also see him die in, in Order 66? Uh, Kit Fisto? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not explicitly, no. Okay. So maybe he survived. Uh, hey, that's a whole you know thing. what? That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we do see him die. He's killed by Palpatine. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 He tries to fight him off. Yeah. He's and killed by, he, by Sidious. Yep. Yeah. That was, that's the same scene where Mace Windu dies because he comes with Mace Windu. Oh, that's to, right. To he comes in with him. Yeah. Yeah. Kiss fist. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he goes down very quickly. Probably yeah. smile, probably the smile on his face. <laughs> he lasts longer than the other two Jedi. <laughs> yeah. yeah look, the, he, the four. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. I, <laughs> I wonder if we're all going to have the same one. I'm curious what yours is, Joseph, and if mine is the same as yours. Oh, uh, no, you, you go ahead. I, I kind of think, and, and only because 
He is one of the few background characters I can remember. And he has a single line of dialogue, which is, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. Who is and this? Then, I put him in the, the list. I did. It's, it's he's oh my god. who gets murdered oh, by Anakin. Oh, that's terrible. But he remember him. Beam. He, he is very memorable, and I, I, mean, I think you know it's what? good acting. I think it's a great. I think though it's a great idea because he is the character that like his job is to make you go, "Oh, do you not think Anakin's evil? Watch this. Let's this job. This kid's one job is to be adorable and yeah. vulnerable, and he does it. Yeah, uh, that, that that's great. I'll, I'll throw out one more from uh, from Revenge of the Sith, and that is uh, Chairman Papanodia. He is a Pantoran. Uh, he is a, a blue sort of regal alien that we see in the galaxy's opera house uh, when Anakin is going to meet Palpatine. Uh, and he is played by George Lucas. So it is the sort of uh, ultimate uh, background character in uh, some ways. <laughs> oh, dad, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> when he's, gotta, a, he's a baron now. Oh, yeah. I'm changing yeah. mine. I'm changing mine to, to that Papalodia. I don't know. Oh, man. It's so ridiculous. You it's just the story of Papa Nodia, the director. Oh my god! <laughs> Look again. I like I said. I I don't know these terribly well, but yeah, I think that kid is really accomplishing something. You care about the acting, and especially for a child actor in uh, movies where the director didn't always do the most discussing with the actors. Mm-hmm. I believe his delivery is great in that little uh, step back. It's terrifying, heartbreaking. Yeah. That's who gets my vote. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good in, to me. In the interest of time, I'm I'm all for source banding. All right. Do you wanna now do you wanna go to the offshoots or do you wanna go to the close of the Skywalker saga? Let's take a little a little detour to Rogue One and Solo, and then we'll jump back into the last three. Okay. Does that sound? All right. Great. So Okay, um, I'm uh scrolling through uh, here quickly to see what uh, best offers I can make. What do, what do you fellows have? I, I love, I, I mean, I think Bib Fortuna is a really fun character. So the fact that his cousin, Beezer Fortuna, is in this movie is really, cause you watch it, you're like, oh, that's Bib Fortuna. Nope, it's Beezer. It's Beezer, you jerk. Beezer Fortuna. Who is this? He's a pretty great background character. You see, he's with, uh, Saw's group of, uh, sort of, uh, proto, uh, sort of rebels, the partisans. Uh, right. and he, it, when you see him, especially if you're an old school fan, you're like, oh, that's kind of like Bib Fortuna. If he had a really, if like Bib Fortuna was uh, starring in The Long Weekend, he looks rough. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm looking at him right now. Yeah, yeah. He and, looks like he looks like a heroin Bib Fortuna. <laughs> yeah, which is fun all by itself. But then you <laughs> learn his name is Beezer. Yeah, Beezer Fortuna. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't recognize any of these. Uh, I will shout out for another character uh, who I think if I describe him, you will uh, remember him, Mark, uh-huh. is Bistan. Bistan is one of the only aliens that we see with the rebels in the Battle of uh, Scarif. He is because he was featured in some of like the promotional stuff early on. He is a weird kind of little monkey dude who uh, <laughs> screams a lot and uh, and it operates a big heavy gun and he shoots the knee oh yeah i'm looking at this guy right now yeah he's a tiny like he looks like a a monkey commando there's so many great choices in rogue one but i'm gonna push hard for bistan because he is going back to you know the spirit of momada dun he's the character that we learn next to nothing about you see him in the promotional materials like wow who's that and then he comes out like 
He was just there for a few seconds. Yeah, who's this paratrooper monkey? <laughs> exactly. You know what? I, you don't have to push that hard. I'm 100% right. on board with I'm Biston. on board with Biston as well. That's so good. Biston. As soon as I saw the picture, I was like, yep, sure. All right, let's talk about Solo. Yeah. This is might be one of the only other humans that I would throw on this list, but that scene where he gives Han Solo his last name, Solo, is so wonderfully wonderfully like retcon silly uh-huh. uh but that actor does a good job of it it's just the bureaucrat that han has to get past when he's signing up to join the fight yeah and he names him solo to give a character that small he always reminds me of frank oz on prophylactic soiled <laughs> Yeah, uh, but just to have that that tiny it's almost like a cameo it's like it would be a cameo for some huge megastar to play. Yes, right. absolutely. And I do do think he does a great job. He's got that I love that choice of that little sniff of mm. like I don't really care about anything uh, and I just got to get, you know, get you through here. But he also does he sets Han up for whether it works for you or not the thematic point of that scene. Right. Of he does a great delivery on the who are come on, come on, who are your people? For, uh, for Han to say, you know, I don't have any. So mm-hmm. he does both, I think, the kind of the comedy and, and the drama, if it works for you. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a couple other heavy hitters for background weirdos in solo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> do you mind, Hal? Uh, please. I wish you would. One of my favorites is Lulilo Primak, who is named, uh, after Louis Prima. He is the upside down frog floating in a vat. That is also a great saloon singer. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> right, Dan like, wishes he could get those jobs. He's impossibly weird, just yeah. beautifully, perfectly weird. And he's he's a he's the singer. He's the, how does he's, he how does he not sound like when he sings because he's in a jar of fluid? It just those amazing just vocals of his. He's, he's got a little uh, microphone in his tank. Before we knew his real name, I called him Vat Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> sure. But his yeah. real name. I love it. Uh, yeah. And we're not counting necessarily some of this, but his expanded actual story is that he is in the in the galaxy, an old world crooner. He is like he sang before the Clone Wars and he's kind of this like tired, retired guy on his retirement tour. <laughs> oh my god uh how you got anybody else yeah i want to go with um <laughs> therm scissor punch number one because he's he he's weirdly he looks like a triffid he looks like the swamp thing and ha- made love to a triffid and that was with but with lobster claws but he has lobster claws which by the way i want to now just refer to lobsters as scissor punchers yeah, because I will no longer think of a lobster claw as anything other than a scissor puncher. <laughs> and he's a gambler. That's really all you know is he's at that table at the beginning when Han loses to Lando, before he returns yeah. and discovers how to beat him later yeah. on. Therm scissor punch is great. He's got the ridiculous name. Uh, I yeah. had the privilege of being in the room where his name was first revealed, uh, because his name was revealed on a trading card that was only available at Denny's and I went to this weird promotional junket <laughs> where an executive from Denny's was like well we're gonna have a solo menu and uh, I don't know you nerds can get these trading cards and uh, look at this guy uh, it's a kind of a uh, it's therm scissor punch we're like oh <gasps> <laughs> I mean look I, I have I have no problem with throwing the guy that said hmm 
solo under the bus <laughs> for a character named Therm Scissor Punch. But I also love the fact that there's a crooner in a jar. The crooner in the jar is pretty great. And the fact that his name is Lulio Primok. Yeah. yeah. That feels like the pasta. Th- I think we, I think it should be Lulio Primok. Yeah, that that works for me. Because I remembered him. I had to look up Therm. I, lo- I saw the, yeah. the name Therm Scissor Punch is Chef's Kiss. But... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lulio Primok, I now, like, as soon as you said he's the guy in the jar, because I, I liked Solo, I liked Rogue One, I immediately mm-hmm. forgot both of them, and I saw both of them multiple times in the theater, but they are, they just didn't stick with my memory because for, for whatever reason, that's a yeah. separate story to tell. But, yeah. uh, as soon as you said Singer in a Jar, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right, I do remember that, oh, and it's brilliant. You're making me so happy. <laughs> that's that's really what we're here to do all right now we go to this the sequels what do we call that the new trilogy is there like yeah, a sequels is generally what uh what people say sequel trilogy sequel yeah. trilogy uh the the final the final chapter in the the final three chapters in the skywalker saga i will throw out there are there are two on here who immediately i remember and know and love Okay. Okay. One is Unkar Plutt, mm-hmm. the big uh, one quarter portion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. The guy that wants to buy BB-8 just because uh, he so like functions within his society. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he is, yeah. of course he, of course that is that guy who is there in that job in that place. The guy behind the cage at the pawn shop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's he's basically a a, just like if he was just wearing a regular human wife beater, it would not surprise me. He he might have an advantage over over some of these other characters because he was played by Simon Pegg. Yeah. Oh, was he in the suit? Simon Pegg was fully in a giant suit as Anker Plot. No kidding. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. Who else you got? The other one that I have is Harder Colonia. (laughs) <laughs> because that is such a great moment when she is nursing Chewbacca back to health and he's rambling in, about something in Wookiee and she goes, oh, you must be so brave. And he just kind of like, <laughs> I am like Chewbacca just nodding for that is that moment. The, the like the uh, this very human moment of a doctor condescending a <laughs> of to the vanity of a patient <laughs> yep. is so funny to me yeah and it's she's such a perfect it's just such a perfect interaction with chewbacca that says so much about chewbacca without him having to say anything and just so little between because he is brave but he's also you know he's cocky and he can be childish and like that is it's kind of a perfect it's a perfect moment for Chewbacca facilitated by another character. You have such a great, uh, exquisite taste for these in- beautiful character actor moments where, you know, somebody really gets to shine and gets an opportunity to knock Look, out of the park. as a character actor, uh, <laughs> that is, th- those are the moments that I notice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hal, do, do you, you got some? I want to go for the, uh, for the First Order Trooper. Who I I don't know that he has I don't know that he has a name I don't think it's here I don't think he's here on this list, but he is the one on whom Ray first practices the Jedi mind trick. Only notable to me, and he probably has too much dialogue because that is Daniel Craig in the First Order Trooper. He was filming Skyfall, and they brought uh. him in for a day and didn't tell anybody until later on that that was him. And it's a fun scene and like a good. That's pretty cool. 
I, I know I, I couldn't get the Stormtrooper who hit his head on the frame through, so I'm trying to get <laughs> yeah. Daniel Craig in a, in a First yes. Order Trooper costume. Uh, that is, I don't think he'll go either. That's, in, that's FN1824. Thank you, FN1824. I'm going to put that down. Excellent. Uh, what do you have? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a couple real quick. Uh, Harder Colonia is great. Uh, uh, the sort of um, ultimate background character is Constable uh-huh. Zuvio. This is a little bit uh, controversial. He's such a background character that he is not actually in the film. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let- I knew we were. I knew we were going deep in this. I didn't know we were getting out of the pool. Uh, I'll say this very quickly. <laughs> they led hard with him in some of the advertising. They made multiple different action figures of him, and then he is nowhere to be found in the film. They just cut him entirely, uh, and he has become a a delightful Star Wars meme of people demanding a Disney Plus Constable Zuvio show. Justice for Zuvio. Oh, my God. Uh, the other one that... Uh, a couple other ones real quick. The one that I was delighted to be able to add into this list is Judah Friedlander. Because <laughs> it's he's in Maz's Cantina. He turns towards the camera quickly. It's obviously Judah Friedlander. And he hasn't been given a name. Even in this era of Star Wars, It's you can imagine his name is Judah Friedlander. It's just straight up Judah Friedlander with the goggles yeah. on his head. Yeah. 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 So uh, th- those are a couple uh, that I like. Um, There's, it seems like three of the big ones that have come out of this are cameos. Simon Pegg, Daniel Craig, and Judah Friedlander. You know, I, I, I'm this, I don't know if this is the spirit of this or not, but mm-hmm. I feel like picking somebody out of The Force Awakens who wasn't even in the movie is a pretty baller move. <laughs> And I, I do know, remember man. him. Like, if, if the whole him, point of this is you see them on screen and go, oh, my imagination is going. <laughs> you can see him on a bag of Tostitos. Does that count? Oh, my God. Uh, What's this character's name again? Constable Zuvio. Uh, in, I, I'd be fine with going with the Colonia because I think that's a great pick. Uh, there, there's another great woman, uh, Bazine Natel. She's just, in terms of just somebody who looks badass, uh, she is the one who informs the First Order that uh, BB 8 is at Maz's castle. That the another thing of just if you want if we want more cool looking characters, she's a super cool looking bounty hunter type. I mean, I will say this: Constable Zuv- what Constable Zuvio has going for him is if you type the word constable into Google, the first thing that comes up is <laughs> Zuvio. 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 <laughs> I, you know what? I I I have to agree with you. The bit of business with Chewbacca is one of the parts of that movie that is uh, very funny. It's just a sweet, charming moment. That's who gets yeah. my vote at this point. But I could be swayed, but that's who I think is. No, I will step away from the irony of Zuvio and embrace the warmth and talent of Colonia. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's uh, she takes it. All right, episode eight. We're almost done. Home stretch, guys. Oh, Home yeah. Stretch. Okay, okay. Uh, Hal, uh, do, you, do you got something in here? I mean, the broom kid. Temery Blag is yeah. the one that I remember because yeah. he appears a couple times. I don't think he has any lines at all. He has like the shh with yeah. uh, he has moment. he has he has the most maybe the most important moment in the movie though. Yeah, and I and again like again I fall on I, I don't know that we've discussed the I don't think we've done the best of the new of the sequels yet mm-hmm. but i i'm one of the people who's very pro last jedi and that moment I is pivotal too. 
it's pivotal from uh, that is like a moment that opens up the entire universe in a way that almost nothing else in any of the other films do in terms the, of this whole, is not about anyone, anyone one family. Force, yeah, anyone can be force sensitive. Yes. Yeah, and and I I, I will uh, put on my Star Wars nerd hat for a minute and say I think Last Jedi did a great job of highlighting that point. I think that's mm-hmm. always been the point. It, it gets a little bit lost, but like you go back to New Hope and in Luke Skywalker does not make that killing shot on the Death Star unless Han makes the choice to turn around. You know, yeah. lay, so one of the so I, I think you're right that it does celebrate that idea that anybody can have it. But what I love about him is Last Jedi is working with his idea of what is the value of the myth of Star Wars versus what is the reality, the value of the reality. And I love that mm-hmm. he is the payoff for Luke allows himself to be the myth and he inspires this little kid. And it's that it's that message to all of us. It's okay to play with your action figures and imagine because it inspires you to go on and do great things like Timmy Blake, a uh, broom boy is going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a vote there. I'm going to throw out one other just because I want you guys to Google him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he is in the Canto Bite sequence and his name is Nieper's Pan Pick. <sighs> okay. First, just, you know, let that roll around in your mind. The name Nieper's, Nieper's Pan Pick. Nieper's Pan Pick. Sure. He is a private dick hanging out at the Canto Bite uh, casino. So he's uh, he's totally in that sort of a uh, style of uh, old <laughs> filmmaking. And he is, he is a dandy. He is a dandy, yeah. but look at that face. Yeah. It looks like he's always going, ah! Yeah, he has the mouth that is permanent. He has a great big, he looks like a, yeah, a great big bug-eyed alien with a mouth that is permanently open. And he's Sonic the Hedgehog's teeth. It's <laughs> <laughs> like human teeth for God knows what reason. Worth yeah. saying Nieper's pan pick just yeah. for that. Um, oh my goodness. I'll also shout out uh, Tally Lintra. I think she's actually too big of a character for background. Uh, she is the A Wing pilot that a lot of people are really charmed by. I love the character. She's uh, got uh, um, just a great presence, a great performer. So I wanted to shout mm-hmm. her out, but I think she's too big. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. All right, one more movie. All right, final movie, and that is episode nine. And who do we have as the new characters in uh, episode nine? Well, hold, before hold on, I because I I watched the sheet come together, and I okay. didn't. I stood by and did nothing. So this is on me. I see a lot of I see a, a lot of entries for the voices that talk to Ray to help her get up. Now this was this was go, go ahead. Sorry, granted. When I saw this movie, I, uh, I almost, I almost five minutes before it ended walked out of the theater. I reached mm-hmm. a point where I was like, I, I cannot do this anymore. And yet, who's the moron? I paid 20 bucks to own it on digital just because, well, I have all the other ones. I should have this one too oh and have God. all the Star Wars movies on digital. I, I see a lot of those. I, I guess, and we can come, we can come back to that. No, let's jump into it. Go ahead, Joseph, because you wanted to say something, and I, 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 I know I'm always the, uh, what am I the, am I the, the Oscar Madison to your Felix Unger when it comes to Star Wars at times? Uh, uh, possibly, no. In terms of the movie, I know that the movie really ha- is, uh, it really uh, divides people, and it, it's a kind yeah. of a fascinating. It's like, you know, why bother taking a Myers-Briggs test? Just go see Rise of Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> people have strong reactions to it, and I appreciate that. And I don't think anybody's opinion is is correct, I say, on a podcast about picking the correct answer. Um, for sure. Uh, for me, Rise of Skywalker is it, it it's, gets back to the pulp and the serial tradition of 
the original films. It moves fast. It has a sense of fun. But more than anything, for me, it is about choosing to believe that you have power, choosing that you, knowing that you get to decide how you use that power. Ray does mm-hmm. that. Kylo does that. It is about Ray choosing kindness and that being kind of her natural go-to thing and other people trying mm-hmm. to talk her out of it. And the other big thing is it, it just has this theme again and again that, that moved me so much of we all feel like we are alone a lot of the time and we always have more support than we think. Mm-hmm. That to me is what Ray uh, is experiencing when she finally opens herself up to hearing those voices. That's what that, you know, Poe moment is like when, when he's lost hope and suddenly all the people in the galaxy come in and the, the Admiral First Order says, well, that's not a Navy. It's just people. And I know mm-hmm. for some people it's corny. For me, it successfully hit me right in the feels of what I, I desperately need to feel sometimes of. I have power. I need yeah. to use it and I'll still feel alone in that great flood of relief and joy when you are about to fall down and other people are there to pick you up. I, uh, I agree I with you. That people doesn't. That. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And that moment, I felt the same way in that moment. I didn't have the dislike for this movie that Hal did. I actually, I thought it was fine. Like I was like, this is, yeah, that's close it out. There were some details in it where I was like, what? <laughs> um, but like, or like, but that's, but last Jedi, you just changed what they did. But I thought it was like, Fine. It's a huge, like, yeah, you're, you're right. You're not going to please everybody. I do so want to add. So that moment, hold on a second. So that Go moment, ahead. I think is, uh, is an important moment for what the movie was successfully or not trying to say. Go ahead, Hal. Sorry. I just want to add that as much as I disliked it, I am mm-hmm. very happy for anybody who enjoyed it. And it helped me. The, the credit I will always pay. And I used this analogy earlier is that Star Wars is, you know, growing up when we did. We had the original trilogy, and that was pretty much it. There was the Droids animated series, Battle for Endor, Caravan of Courage, the holiday special. If you if you were lucky enough to see it or find a VHS of it, but our you know, that is what Star Wars was. And then as mm-hmm. as the eighties progressed into the nineties, the prequels uh, came out, and the sequels. I think everybody's protective of whatever they watched as a child, and you don't have to love everything. It doesn't lessen. Me not liking, if I like five of the 11 films, that's fine. Then the other ones, like it's a buffet. Everybody can have what they want from it and everybody can have a different experience, which is kind of the magic of Star Wars altogether. There are people for whom the prequels are the Mm -hmm. best and kids who grew up on the sequel trilogy that are like Rise of Skywalker is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my (laughs) entire life. And I'm so glad that they get to have that experience that we had as kids watching those original three films so that right. i just want to add that okay and we can move on <laughs> i know good thank you for the caveat it's babu yes. frick oh well see babu frick is amazing <laughs> a in, big in character this. though so far the one thing that everyone in the world seems to uh, agree on about rise of skywalker is hey hey Droid go <laughs> yeah. blank blank it's all great i wonder <laughs> if he's too big i got a couple i want to pitch uh and, yeah. and see if they light your fire uh first is okay. albrecht Albrecht is the evil Sith monkey who repairs Kylo Ren's helmet. And I love him because he is simply an evil monkey. Uh, he's pretty much just a monkey with Yoda's ears. And they said, good. That's great. <laughs> we'll stop there. <laughs> yep. That's pretty great. I like his Robocop visor that he uses when he's welding. Yeah. Yeah. Working at it. Uh, he's pretty great. He does look like a tough little guy, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would not want to meet him in a dark alley, right? Right. Mm-mm. And then, uh, Cologne? 
uh, he is driving the treadable, the, the uh, thing that Lando is in, and Lando tells him where to go, and then he just says, okay. <laughs> He's an inexplicable Muppet in the, I, in the middle of this. I can't believe you know all of these characters. <laughs> it is mind-blowing <laughs> to me. And he has, he has uh, technology eyes. He doesn't have eyes. He has like three. Are those his actual eyes? I don't know. I guess they are. I, you know, cause I'm looking at him, like, am I looking at him from the front? But it's a side view, cause I see his little, he almost, he's almost like an ostrich without a bill. A <laughs> yes, he is. It's almost like, he looks like a little ostrich without a beak, and then his eyes have, have the, uh, like, the big black eye with three blue dots in it. You did not remember him at all. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I would fair say enough. for that. The only I, one of these good. that I remember is Babu Frick. Okay, well, there, there's a power in that. Uh, the last one I'll mention is Oma Trace. Uh, he is uh, John Williams' cameo. Okay. I mean, oh, look. Oh, yes. I do remember that. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, that your your mileage might vary for how much does it matter uh, that it's a, a beloved, amazing person doing a cameo. Right. And Babu Frick does feel like, I feel like he's in it a lot. Because he shows up for the battle at the end, too. And he's like, I don't know, to make the plane go, hey, hey. And everybody's like, <laughs> Crusty the Clown's here, but he's a little alien. Yeah. I was so far gone. I, I appreciate Babu Freck, but I was so far gone by the time he showed up that I was like, great, now this guy. Like, Look, I'm happy to. He's adorable. If, <laughs> but I'm like, if we have not given a cameo yet, have we? Oh, we have. Uh, uh, well, it's, that wasn't murder. even a cameo. It wasn't, no, it wasn't a cameo. He just was a <laughs> day just player. Working. It's not a cameo if you're not famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, he has a better cameo in Superman 2 as one of the, uh, one of the guys working at Mission Control. Okay. NASA at the beginning. I'm happy to give this one to John Williams. Yeah, he deserves it. Okay. Why not? Yeah. yeah. The, he, one more, one more award for him. Exactly. All right. So I have our finalists. Okay. Here's the list. We have, we have 11 finalists. We have, uh, Yariel Poof <laughs> from, you're going to have to remind me who all of these people yes, are. He's the, the long neck Jedi. Okay. On the council, the, okay. the, the Cormian. Then Got we have it. Kit Fisto from episode two. Sors mm-hmm. Bandim. Is it, did I get that right? Uh-huh. Did I say it right? No, I didn't. <laughs> I can tell by the way you said that. Oh, no, you did. I was just thinking okay. about him, and I was sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Soros Bandim, the little kid who got killed. Uh, okay. Figrin Dan, the uh, the clue horn player and leader of the modal nodes with uh-huh. a butthole for a mouth. We uh, we have <laughs> – then <laughs> we have, uh, from episode five, we have Major Bren Derlin, Cliff Clavin mm-hmm. in space. Followed by Malakili, the sad rancor keeper who loses his friend and probably his job. Uh, Harder Colonia, the doctor medic who tends to Chewie and says, you must be so brave. And then uh, episode eight is to Mary Blag, the broom kid. So two mm-hmm. children on our list. Uh, episode nine is uh, Oma Trace, who's the John Williams cameo. Rogue One is, is Bistan, the little, the little monkey who shoots at knees. And uh, Lulio Primak, the the jarred singer from Solo. All right, I want to take a temperature. I want to do okay. a one, two, three, go, and see if there's any character that that we're like, okay, uh, or if there's one that we all three say, okay, or if there's only two, like you know what I mean, like if if two of us say one, is and, there a majority right now? Yeah, is there a majority? You're looking for a majority. Okay. Because have- right now, I think, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a two dog race. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I okay. do too. Ooh. Okay. But I, I have my top one. I have my top as well. Okay. 
Do you know what your top would be if I if if you were forced to choose right now, Joseph? Do you have one in in your mind that you could say aloud on the count of three? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's try it. Go ahead. One, two, three. Lulilalakili. <laughs> uh, Malakili was the other one I had, Hal. I think it was a two-way battle between Figure and Dan and Malakili. Figure and wait, Dan being the wait. Which one did you say, Joseph? Lulilo Primak. The uh, oh, the little. <laughs> so two band you members. Said something different. That is the worst version of a countoff <laughs> yeah. that we've ever done. I Oof. love it. We're already at it. like we're already at ninety minutes, guys. We got to do this. But okay, you know what? Okay. That gives us three finalists. I think that gives yeah. us Lulio Primak. It gives us Figure and Dan, and it gives us Malakili because we yeah. each fought for somebody different, and that's a good way to get three finalists. Mm-hmm. Agree. Okay. Yeah, I'll throw out my bias. Uh, I love Malakili, but mm. I would really consider that he has a, a scene. He has a, a, a conflict that he works through. Sure. <laughs> and in full spirit of background character, to me, my bias, that's a little bit more alien weirdo. So I would go a little bit more toward Trigger and Dan or Lulilo Primak than Malakili, mm. even though I feel bad making him cry again. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, I think the fact that he's, the fact that he's a human character. Was the yeah. reason that I went with Figure and Dan over him? For me, Figure and Dan as versus Louis Prima, uh, <laughs> Space Louis Prima. So Benny Goodman versus Louis Prima is if I saw that Space Louis Prima, I would go, I've seen that character before. That was what movie is that guy from? Mm. If I saw him out of context, but the, if I see Figure and Dan out of context, I'm like, Mos Eisley Cantina. I know what song he's playing. I know what his dance move looks like. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's something too. And, and the fact that he doesn't sing, you mm-hmm. really only see him like swing around. Yeah. For, I think you see him during both of the songs. You see him during the initial song and then later on during the, mm-hmm. uh, I think he is, he is much more of a background character for that reason because he's not featured in the way that, uh, what's his name? Like Yowza, Yowza Mabowza, the guy, the guy they put into, the guy they special editioned in with Cy Snoodle. Like Cy Snoodles is not a background character to me because you see her dancing. She's mm-hmm. featured heavily. He's not even featured in the shot. It's him and a bunch of guys who look, it's like a ton of Biff on stage yeah. <laughs> all together where he's like, what? This is some like weird Mumford and Sons where they're all playing the same note at the same time too. Like, yeah. You couldn't but totally you remember harmonize. that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I think one of the other standout things for a, a true background, uh, Star Wars character, you, even though go, we're going, you know, traditional, going original trilogy, first movie, I think one of the powers is if you say the character's name to people and people all come out with the same detail. And if you say Figure and Dan to people who know Star Wars, almost all of them will immediately say, just wailing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And you know, people of the galaxy. That's what we Ooh. say to you as well. The the best background character in Star Wars. And Adam Richards, I said your name one more time, but that is it. That was the last one. I said it one more time. I'm sorry I did it already, Adam. You know what you did. Uh, the best background character appears in the first film in a, in a scene that, that captured people's imaginations when it first came out in a way that we can't even comprehend. Because nobody had seen a bunch of weird-looking aliens like that. And among them all... One of the few very well lit ones is not the guy who's fingering his tongue so he can talk. <laughs> who's that, Joseph? <laughs> Porky Pig. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, the guy, there's like one guy who's like tapping his tongue to talk. 
that is the power of this podcast. You've you've broken me. I don't know the guy who plays with his tongue off the top of my head. And that's the point. You don't know who that is, but you know Figrin Dan is because he's yeah. the band leader. Figrin Dan, the man in the band, the leader of the modal nodes, is your best Star Wars background character. Asked and answered. Boom. We did it, guys. Joseph Scrimshaw, man, thank you for coming back and getting us through this marathon. Well done, sir. Oh, thank yes. you. Thank you. Uh, I could talk about Star Wars forever, so I hope I held it in check a little bit. Oh, you nope. did beautifully. <laughs> Tell us where people can hear you talk about Star Wars and uh, your podcast Obsessed and everything else that you're doing right now. You know, your shows at Geeky Tees going on. What's going on? Yeah, you yeah. can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That has a link to Obsessed. That has a link to that Star Wars podcast, Four Center, Combi Albums, Upcoming Shows, all that stuff on josephscrimshaw.com. Fantastic. Well, this topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group. Talk about the Star Wars characters in the background that you love and why. We'll listen to it there. I'll read it. Mark doesn't. He never gets on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, and guest researcher Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And Hal, and to the people of the world, I will have you know that on my quarantine dry erase board, I have written reconnect to Facebook uh, on my <laughs> list of things that I need to do. Uh, so it's on my quarantine list. But in the meantime, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the people of the world for giving us a chance to sit and talk about something that clearly we all love enough to do a deep, deep dive into it. I hope that everybody had a a web browser open and was following along as we mentioned each of these characters uh, so they could see them and go, oh, yeah, that person. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. This is a lot of fun. And thanks to you. We're still doing it. So for Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported